Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans. Today is Christmas Day, and we take the readings for Midnight Mass. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have made this most sacred night radiant with the splendour of the true light, Grant, we pray, that we who have known the mysteries of his light on earth may also delight in his gladness in heaven, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The people that walked in darkness has seen a great light. On those who live in a land of deep shadow, a light has shone. You have made their gladness greater. You have made their joy increase. They rejoice in your presence as men rejoice at harvest time, as men are happy when they are dividing the spoils. For the yoke that was weighing on him, the bar across his shoulders, the rod of his oppressor, these you break as on the day of Midian. For all the footgear of battle, every cloak rolled in blood, is burnt and consumed by fire. For there is a child born for us, a son given to us, and dominion is laid on his shoulders. And this is the name they give him, Wonder Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Wide is his dominion in a peace that has no end. For the throne of David and for his royal power, which he establishes and makes secure, injustice and integrity from this time onwards and forever the jealous love of the love of hosts will do this the word of the lord thanks be to god today is born our savior christ the lord today is born our savior christ the lord we sing a new song to the lord sing to the lord all the earth O sing to the Lord, bless his name. Today is born our Saviour, Christ the Lord. Proclaim his help day by day. Tell among the nations his glory and his wonders among all the peoples. Today is born our Saviour, Christ the Lord. Let the heavens rejoice and earth be glad. Let the sea and all within it thunder praise. Let the land and all it bears rejoice. All the trees of the wood shout for joy. At the presence of the Lord, for he comes. He comes to rule the earth. Today is born our Saviour, Christ the Lord. With justice, he will rule the world. He will judge the peoples with his truth. Today is born our Saviour, Christ the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus. God's grace has been revealed, and it has made salvation possible for the whole human race, and taught us that what we have to do is to give up everything that does not lead to God, and all our worldly ambitions. We must be self-restrained and live good and religious lives here in the present world, while we are waiting in hope for the blessing which will come with the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He sacrificed himself for us in order to set us free from all wickedness 
and to purify a people so that it could be his very own and would have no ambition except to do good. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I bring you news of great joy. Today a Savior has been born to us, Christ the Lord. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census of the whole world to be taken. This census, the first, took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph set out from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and travelled up to Judea, to the town of David called Bethlehem, since he was of David's house and line, in order to be registered together with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. In the countryside close by, there were shepherds who lived in the fields and took it in turns to watch their flocks during the night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you news of great joy, a joy to be shared by the whole people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And here is a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly with the angel there was a great throng of the heavenly host praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace to men who enjoy his favour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I tend to get a little bit nervous when it comes time for preparing for a homily for Christmas. I don't know, like, I suppose the occasion calls for something special, right? Um, I mean, every Mass is important, of course it is, but there's something about Christmas. And, and you know, in the back of my mind is running, you know, come on, Zwans, make it good. In the end, that little bit of added pressure usually sort of sends me digging through other priests' homilies or what the saints have said or what theologians have written and what biblical scholars have proposed. And there's usually a whole wealth of stuff. But this year, I was struck by a sermon that was preached by uh, an American priest by the name of Father John Ricardo. Uh, now, he's, um, he's in charge of a group called Acts 29. Um, and I subscribe to their podcast, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've become a bit of a fanboy. He kind of talks my language. Um, so in actual fact, um, what I'm going to say today is actually just kind of riffing a little bit um, on the homily that he gave in, in 2017 uh, at Midnight Mass. What interested me about this homily, though, is that he started off by talking about nostalgia, and interestingly, he had me running to the dictionary to find out the etymology of the word nostalgia. It comes from Greek, nostos, which means return or return home, and algos, which means pain. 
Now, you know, we hear that algae, you know, referring to pain in, in, in a lot of English words like myalgia, neuralgia, um, you know, uh, a painkiller is uh, an analgesic, um, but nostalgia, a pain that we experience in wanting to return to something, to go back to something. Nostalgia is not really a very pleasant experience because usually the pain we experience of wanting to return comes from the fact that we can't, that the past is gone. And you know what? Christmas really is a time for many of us of nostalgia. I mean, Christmas is just draped in traditions, right? Those things which we do every year. They can be, you know, sort of the common traditions of going to midnight mass and, you know, unwrapping presents under the Christmas tree, you know, those things that everyone does. But then there can be also those, you know, sort of really particular family traditions like dad always does this and, you know, mum always makes that. Uh, And the thing about tradition is that, you know, you come to expect it. It's got to be there, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's Christmas. Of course we're going to play carols. Of course we're going to sing Silent Night and Away in a Manger. It's not Christmas without it. Until it is. When we experience a big change in our lives, some kind of loss, and then we feel nostalgia. I'm guessing that some of us, over the course of the last year, have lost someone very close. We can really come to feel their absence, especially at Christmas, because that thing which my son or my daughter just always did is undone. We can grieve the loss of our family members who've died. Um, But also, what about the ones who are missing? Maybe one of our parents has gone into a nursing home and... Well, mum couldn't do the turkey this year. Maybe the grandkids moved away, overseas, interstate, and now we're stuck. And actually, because of COVID, it's now the second year. I was planning to go back home and maybe I could get there. But the government just wouldn't let me back in. I'd have to quarantine too long and I can't get that much time off work and... There's that feeling. Nostalgia. I think nostalgia isn't just born of the past, but I think it's kind of caused by the present. You know, things aren't quite how I want them right now. And so I look for that return home. I look for the way things were. And there's the pain. It's not. And maybe it never will be again. You know, when we peer into the Christmas crib, when we stick our head into the stable, is there a sense in which it might be a bit disappointing? I mean, you could imagine Joseph sort of looking around the walls of this stable thinking, you know, in Nazareth, I got a freshly painted room for the baby. 
you could imagine Mary as she's laying Jesus into the manger, thinking, gee, there's a perfectly good cot at home. I could imagine at that point Mary wanting to have her mum there to show off her baby. And who walks in? Some stinky shepherds. <laughs> Don't you think Joseph might have liked to light a cigar with his mates and talk proudly about his wife and kid? Now, admittedly, at the first Christmas, I can't imagine that there were terribly many Christmas traditions that had been established by that point. But gee, don't you think Mary and Joseph would have had a picture in their mind as to how they thought this was all going to unfold? How this was all going to happen? Do you think either of them thought it would turn out like this? Now, I think the extraordinary thing about Mary and Joseph is the fact that, you know, they're both saints, right? <laughs> And Mary is the saint of saints, the one who's full of grace and most holy. No doubt they saw God's guiding hand of providence in the face of all of it. And no doubt there was an extraordinary relief in Joseph that, hey, it's not the Ritz, but gee, this is what God has given and he gave it in the nick of time. But still, it's a stable. But you know what? You know who was born? Jesus, God himself, entered into a stinky, cold stable and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, in an animal's feed trough. And somehow, when you stick your head into that stable, it just seems perfectly imperfect. Of course this was how God was going to come into the world. Of course he was going to come in such humility and in such poverty. He was never going to wait for things to be perfectly clean and sanitised. A stable will do. A manger will do. I need to be here among my people. So in this homily from Midnight Mass in 2017, Father John Ricardo gave a phrase which I reckon is going to stick with me. He said, God's mercy is like water. It finds the lowest point and enters every crack. And it's at that point I just think, yes. Yes, that, that's exactly what God's mercy is like. That's exactly what Jesus shows us in his birth in the stable in Bethlehem. That the mercy of God finds the lowest point. And comes there, finds the tiniest crack, and seeps in. Whatever's hurting, whatever's messy, whatever's painful, that is where the mercy of God comes flooding. It's really quite amazing that for the birth of Jesus into the human race, into creation... Bethlehem hasn't got much to offer. A stable. A manger. And you know what? Maybe we're feeling the same way. Maybe we have the pain of nostalgia. The weight of disappointment. The great challenge of coming to terms with a world that isn't turning out the way that I'd hoped. 
Maybe I'm having to reckon with the fact that I've made some really bad choices. Or perhaps I'm finding it really difficult to square with the fact that someone has hurt me deeply. I miss my mum and dad. I can't bear the fact that my loved one isn't here. You know what, this Christmas, Bethlehem ain't got much to offer. If that's a little of what we're experiencing, then I'd leave you with those words of Father John Ricardo. The mercy of God is like water. It finds the lowest place. And it finds every crack. If we welcome Christ into our hearts, even though the best we've got is a stable, he'll come. He longs to. He wants to. He doesn't turn his nose up at what needs cleaning. He doesn't wait until everything's in its proper place and tidy. No, he'll enter even into the poorest and coldest places. Because that's what God's merciful love does. So let's open up whatever is in our hearts. As messy as the stable may be, let's welcome the Lord into it. Because his merciful love will find even the lowest place and fill even the tiniest crack. And then perhaps the pain of nostalgia may open up instead into a new hope for the future. He's Emmanuel. He's with us because we matter, because our lives have purpose, because we're important, because we're worth saving. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.